0: Welcome to Typology Friends, Ian Morgan Cron here, your host on the show where we explore the mystery of the human personality through the the lens lens of of the the Enneagram. Enneagram. That other voice (laughs) is my friend, my confrere, Anthony Skinner.
1: Ian Cron, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks man, how are you doing? Doing very well, thanks for asking. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to lately? Well, I
0: told you earlier mm-hmm. when I got here that w- like one of the most exciting things happening for me right now mm-hmm. is the opportunities uh, that uh, I'm getting to work in the corporate space. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. Like working with teams uh, and senior management of, of companies to help them uh, understand uh, who the people uh, are who, who are working with them and for them. I love that. Right? Yeah. And um one of the people that I have found myself and this much to my delight and uh, good fortune this the person we have on the show today is someone who has you know helped me hone and refine and uh, really dial in ways that the Enneagram can help people develop a level of self awareness in the workspace
1: yeah right yeah
0: that will um, Really, head them on a track toward greater success and satisfaction in their work.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited that you are now moving into this new space with what we've experienced to be such a powerful tool.
0: It is. Yeah, it is. So, all right, let me just tell you about my guest Scott Allender today. Yes. So, um, Scott uh, currently is the the senior vice president of talent strategy and development at Warner Music Group, right right here in Nashville, but. He oversees learning uh, and development around the globe. Wow! All right, and he travels all over the place. We've spoken from to each other from New York, from from the streets of London, uh, and he's a you know a remarkable guy. Uh, and you, well, you're going to hear right uh, about the insights he has about personality, the Enneagram, the workplace, and this is going to answer a lot of questions for people mm. and, and help them see the application of the Enneagram. In their day-to-day life, it's potential, right, yeah, yeah. to really affect their, their lives uh, as they go to work every day. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Aren't you psyched? Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to it. Scott Allender, welcome to I, Typology. I'm psyched.
2: Thanks, Ian. <laughs> it's good to be here. It's awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Man, it's a, it's a delight to have you here. You know, before we start, let's just get down, help people understand how we, we came to know each other, how we met. And how this journey for the two of us began
2: yeah well I uh, I attended one of your workshops and well I'd read your book actually and then I was invited to attend one of your workshops and I was um, floored by the experience and that uh, not just for my own learning and and the sort of um, transformation I felt was beginning in me by hearing you hearing you do the work but sort of watching the room um, and seeing everybody else's experiences and so from there um, you know we got our personal introduction and then had a chance to grab coffee a few times, of course, and continue talking about this personality stuff and this exploration and development. So yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. You're one of my favorite conversations to have. So let's have it in front of people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, man, uh, you know, vice versa. And one of the interesting things about our friendship is is that it didn't begin with Okay, let's, you know, how do we how do I get into Warner Brothers music and present right. the Enneagram, right. Right. right? We probably had coffee, I think, six or seven times, At breakfast least, yeah. and and just talking about our mutual passion and enthusiasm mm-hmm. for people learning about themselves right. for personality assessments and the, the role they can play. Right. 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 And and one of the things I appreciate about you is you are fluent in the language of multiple uh, you know personality assessment instruments right like uh tell, well tell people like the things you've been trained in
2: so i'm certified in myers-briggs um i love using that tool uh, with especially with smallish teams um and i'll talk more about that in a second um the hogan tool mm-hmm. which is based loosely or largely i should say on the big five personality um model and right. it kind of looks more at like behavior and how people experience you And then I'm also trained on uh, the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 and 360 tools. Mm. So we roll all those out in different ways. I use the Hogan a lot um, for one-to-one coaching, especially for leaders. Um, I find it really useful because it has like a 97% um, success rate in predicting how people will actually experience you and sort of looking at Mm kind of your risk areas of personality um, as well as your bright side. And what's really interesting is that you sort of start with the sort of bright side of personality and you kind of move to the risk areas and leaders can look through these um, this tool and this coaching and learn that oftentimes their uh, strengths um, are also their liabilities, right? So anytime we have a strength and we overuse that strength, it can become a liability for their leadership uh, influence. So yeah. that Hogan tool is great for that. Um, the Myers-Briggs is great for teams in that it looks a lot more at sort of um, preferences, right? Kind of... Um, I almost don't even really see Myers-Briggs, and this is going to kind of go off script from what they tell you to sort of say about the tool, but I kind of see it more as a roadmap to cognitive processes and how people like to sort of learn and make decisions. And um, I think when you get people in a room and you can do uh, some illumination around that, it can be really powerful.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love what you just said about you know how your greatest strengths can be your liabilities and Actually, if you want to reverse engineer it, your greatest liabilities can also give you clues as to what your your greatest strengths are, right? Yeah. And the Enneagram says precisely the same thing. Right. Right? That um, what's best about us is what's worst about us, and what's worst about us um, Hmm. contains the seeds Hmm. of Hmm. what is best about us. Right. Right? And. That can uh, have tremendous implications for for people in the in the workplace, you know. Yeah. So, how does knowing a person's personality style help you in your role, particularly in development, right? Uh, leadership development, and like, how has it historically um, helped you to create teams and in placement and all the different things that you do? Um, and, you know, because obviously you have a great passion for it, mm. you know. So how, how, how well, what does it do for you?
2: Um, well, I think, you know, what it does primarily is it helps um, people who already find themselves in roles, uh, especially leadership. Um, let me back up, actually. Um, I would say I have a passion for developing people at, every phase of their careers, and feeling like they have uh, supportive tools. And I think these personality assessments, um, uh, psychometric tools are a great way, at least one avenue to help people explore that. Um, Leadership development is actually a particular passion of mine, because I think they have, uh, obviously, disproportionate influence in an organization in terms of the culture and the experience of working there and where the organization is going. I think the complexity of uh, leadership is growing every day. I think the world is being continually disrupted. Globalization, technology, um, you know, gosh, the geopolitical landscape, uh, climate change, you know, all these sorts of things are creating an ever more complex world. And so the knowledge, skills, and attributes that a leader needs to navigate that, to lead people well through that, is becoming more complex. And so I think we have to be more. Um, thoughtful and intentional about developing leaders capacity and not just capability. So I think these tools, whereas, you know, we've traditionally been good in the leadership development space about focusing on knowledge, skills, experience, and these kinds of things, I think these tools actually help provide insights into how, do I, how, how are the different people on my team functioning? How do I, how do I support them at their different phases of their career, um, their different ways of sort of seeing the world? How is my strengths uh, working for me? How are they not working for me? And all of those things. So I think more than anything, these tools are a guide point um, for people who are already in leadership roles mm. um, or already function in the organization in some capacity that requires them to have um, – more nuanced understanding of the ever ever increasing complexity of the world. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Sure. Yep.
0: No, I think that's fantastic, and I'm going to funnel us down in a second mm-hmm. to speaking very specifically about the enneagram. Mm-hmm. So I want people to to know that you know we're not going to just speak at fifty thousand feet. But um, you you said something to me that really caught my attention once that when you think about the teams you work with you want them to bring their whole selves to work. Hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I I could, you know, kind of maybe guess, but I want to hear from you, like, what's what's what does that mean? Like the goal to ha- help people bring their whole selves to work?
2: Um, well, I think, you know, so the work I do with Warner, also the work uh, I've done here, um, well, with Church of the City here in Nashville, uh, a little bit with um, America's Kids Belong at a, at a very high, more volunteer level, kind of all the same um mission exists with all of all of the people on those teams when you do the leadership work is that when people bring their whole self to work a they're happier and more engaged they're more authentic um more trustworthy in that way and people are more willing to follow um, and i think when they don't have when they when you're not able to lead from a value place of authenticity and a connectivity to who you really are and what you really want then you're relying on sort of superficial tools and or your sort, of, um, you know, your sort of ego fixations perhaps uh, in terms of um, trying to, to um, have enough influence and uh, control over a situation in order to make it successful because you yourself have all these external pressures to meet goals and all of these kinds of things. I think when you're more fully connected to who you are and what you want, um, you're just happier on the job and you're, and you're more, uh, like I said, trustworthy, you're more authentic um, you know, there's an int- it's interesting, um, we do, I do a bunch of different kinds of programs of work, and one of my favorite things we do is um, at a certain place in this sort of year-long development program we run, and it's something called a SHIELDS exercise. And mind, mind you, by the time people get to this point in the journey, they've gone through a whole lot of sort of coaching and sort of, you know, group dynamic work, and, and a whole bunch of stuff's happened at this point. But the last day of this sort of uh, intervention we've, we've asked people um, to basically build a shield uh, We're on the outside and you know, we give them all sorts of scraps of you know things or magazine cutouts and sort of all sorts of you know emojis and doodads and all sorts of stuff whatever you know it literally looks like something you'd set up in crafts and, and like right. yeah and so you give them scissors and glue and the whole thing and the, and the instruction is you know so build the outside of your shield right this is the part of you that you show the world um, every day mmm on the inside of the shield, behind it, put everything there that represents the stuff that you don't necessarily show. Wow. That's on the inside, right? And I've experienced some really powerful conversations when people talk about both sides of that shield. Mm. And for some people, they you can tell there's already a lot of fluidity. Um, and, and by the way, this Shields exercise isn't something specific just to, to my world. It's, it's something actually that I built with some external partners um, out of the UK and they run it all over the place and I've had conversations with them about their experiences with it in addition to my experience with it. And some people, like I was starting to say, have a great connectivity already between the inside, the inner world, and the outer world. Um, and and mean, meaning what they've developed on the inside is consistent with what they show the outside and for some people there's that moment almost of a aha like there's a there's a tension there and i feel like for the first time um not only am i be, being given permission to mm. bring some of that inner stuff to the surface and 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 show the world a little bit of who i am but i'm actually understanding now that it's going to make me more powerful more influential more um more attractive to people who want to follow that right mm. so those there's been some really you know beautiful it's lunchtime at tim hortons and we're serving up a special deal just for
0: you our new 599 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips because what's lunch without a little crunch and the sandwich choice is all yours like a ham and swiss chipotle chicken wrap blt and more made to order just the way you like it Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99.
2: Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Moments out of that.
0: So I have a question for you, and maybe I've never worked mm. you know, inside of a, a corporation per se, but what I hear you saying is that people who are integrated, mm. people who's outside their, their exterior and their interior worlds yep. um, are – are properly uh and observably represented in their day-to-day interactions with people. Is that mm. is that fair? Yes. Okay. And they make more more authentic leaders, what I hear you saying, have a stickier quality. In other words, people are more inclined to follow somebody who they sense is uh, wholly present and presenting, you know, a reasonable uh truthfulness about their whole person not just mm-hmm. this is my work presentation is right. that cuz that's a very interesting thought like that that's how it works in the world
2: yeah well it's the sort of you know if you're if you're charged with leading the outer world but you haven't had the opportunity or taken the time to build the inner world the, the, you're you're disconnected right and you can sort of sense you know i work with some really amazing people who are really intuitive and regardless of whatever level of formal development they've had, you know, intuit a lot of this stuff already really, really, really well. But when you help people understand that one of the secret sauce ingredients to leading an ever complex outer world is to continually develop and transform the inner world, Mm. that's Mm. a freeing idea. Mm. Um, And you can just sense when people are kind of gone on that journey, right? So if you're like part of that team, you know, you know what it's like when you're you're sort of working with somebody or following somebody who just feels integrated, and it feels like they're connected to those values, mm. and you go, yeah, I ascribe to those values as well, and you lead from that, and I believe you, and this isn't just some sort of like um, money-making framework or something. This is like we're going somewhere, and you're kind of garnering this sort of support because it's coming from a place of value um, and authenticity. And when leaders have that, they just feel trustworthy. And mm. when people trust you, man, they'll go. They'll come with you.
0: God, You know what this reminds me yeah. of, Anthony, is uh, Mad Men. You oh, know, like yeah, in yeah. the show Mad Men, Dawn what Draper. we really see is a guy who is utterly out of touch with mm. his interior world, mm-hmm. right, as a person in the workplace. And – not only does he not know anything about his interior world, it's running the show, right? right? Mm-hmm. Like, like all yep. of what the junk is behind the shield, he's so out of touch with it that it's in control yes. of so much that he doesn't even know about, right? And, and now, you know, that was what, the 1960s, right? That show, 1950s, 1960s. Right. You know, in today's world, what we're saying is, you know, just the opposite in the, corp- the corporate sphere. It's like, no, 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 don't bring your game face, mm-hmm. you know? Don't just bring that But bring your true face and and what you'll find is uh, a greater uh, results, you know, greater results in in your life as a leader, right? Completely. So the Enneagram, as you were talking, I, I thought to myself, well, what's beautiful is it really helps people know and understand and become aware of the interior shield. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that your experience?
2: Completely. So as much as I'm a fan of some of the other tools that I mentioned, right. um, they give you an element of self-awareness, but they by themselves can be a little bit lacking in, okay, I'm aware of this thing, this, um, this thing you've pointed out or the tools pointed out that I might need to do less of or something I need to do more of, but I'm not really sure how I get there mm. um, because it doesn't talk to the why I do it. And so what I find and have found so profoundly powerful about the Enneagram so far in business and and elsewhere and in my own personal life is that when you look at emotional intelligence, and, and if you can look at emotional intelligence as sort of starting at the top layer are our behaviors. And just below behaviors, informing those behaviors are our feelings. Most people stop there, right? It's sort of like, I have this behavior, because I had this feeling, right? So I flipped this person off in traffic because they cut me off and I felt mad, right? That's the sort of right. the end of it. Below that, in the work of sort of becoming a more emotionally wise or intelligent individual are a set of core beliefs and attitudes that inform those feelings. Mm-hmm. So at any given moment when I'm feeling something, I'm feeling it because I believe something about myself or about the world or about you. And that is informing that feeling. So the Enneagram gets us there. And what I would suggest is it even goes deeper to one layer you know, below that, which would be that sort of, I don't know what the, the additional sub water line would look like, but Below that are sort of unconscious motivations, Mm -hmm. unconscious biases, and some things that we're not naturally connected to that are actually creating the beliefs, which are actually creating the Mm -hmm. feelings, which are creating the behaviors. Right. And I think the Enneagram is brilliant at helping us to drill down. If you want to go deep enough with it, that is, you can get all the way down to the unconscious stuff. Right. You start changing that, it'll change core beliefs. Right. It'll Mm -hmm. lead to different feelings about the world and yourself. It'll lead to different behaviors. I mean, That's where it starts.
0: Mm. And it it creates a sense also of empathy, of what it is that's happening down there, right? That may be uh, rooted, obviously, in some historical precedent, right, Mm -hmm. in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, we have an expression uh, in the Enneagram world, you know, it's not what you do that matters, it's why you do it, you know? Like, that's how you identify type, Mm -hmm. right? It's not what you do that matters, it's why you do it. And if you can know why you do it, right, right, you can begin to cut off, um self-defeating ways of thinking, feeling and acting, yeah right you're just you know uh, as you were using that ocean illustration, I was thinking about you know there are different um, currents, right like you can have a very different powerful current running at a hundred or 200 feet down mm. that you're unaware of at the surface mm. right? that's right right It's just you know it may be tearing along 100 200 feet down mm-hmm. there and and but if you know what that current is, right yeah, the, like the more the more you know about yourself and other people, but particularly yourself, right, the better off you are. may not be pleasant, some, what some of the discovery might be down there, yeah. but the better off you'll be if you face it.
2: And I think it's becoming not just a nice to have or this will take you from good to great, but I think it's critical because mm. in a world, like I was mentioning, it's a continually disrupted world where information is coming at us so rapidly and change is coming at us so rapidly that if you're not deeply connected to your sort of inner self of why I do what I do and my motivations, your attention is going to be hijacked by whatever is in your field of vision at that moment. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be much more reactive instead of being able to respond to it from a thoughtful place.
0: Okay. Two huge words there, Uh, reactivity and responsiveness. And we've had this conversation in workshops at at Warner and, uh, you know, you do see people's eyes kind of connect because they realize they're asking themselves the question um how much time do i spend in reactivity right how much time do i spend in responsiveness so in a daily interaction with a particular type of person Mm. what triggers reactivity Mm. and and how can i make a choice in the moment to step back to pause and move into responsiveness and that's a big talent right
2: well, yeah, that reminds me. I was a few years back, uh, two Harvard-based psychiatrists um, observed. Well, they're not the only ones that observed it, but the way they said it was was great. Uh, we are the most overinformed, underreflective mm. civilization in human history. Whoa!
0: Wow.
1: Say that again.
2: We are the most overinformed, underreflective civilization in human history. Wow. wow.
1: We are the most over-informed, under-reflective civilization in history. How about that for a quote for us to go out on? Wow. Okay. So we hope you enjoyed part one of our two-part series with Scott Allender. Be sure and join us next week for part two. Hey, and until then, from Ian Cron and myself, Anthony Skinner, here at Typology, we wish you all a great week.